Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Mindset to Mastery. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate desired outcomes through strategic consulting, team development, and applied learning. So if you're just listening to this for the first time, I know you're wondering why this podcast. Because You don't want more information. You want real solutions. And through Mindset to Mastery, we believe that if you change your mindset, you can master your success. So every episode, we present a real-life problem or an issue or a pain point that impacts individuals and therefore their organizations, and then we'll provide the strategy and offer actionable solutions to get the desired results. So think of it as a mini case study and best practices strategy session all rolled into one. So are you ready? Great. Let's get started. The way our Mindset to Mastery podcast is set up is that we set the stage by providing you with a short vignette of the problem situation. Then we identify the problem or the issues or the pain points and why those are important to your organization. Then we we define the strategy and give you some approaches. We provide you examples of implementation, best practices, you know, up to three or four different approaches and things that you need to do. And then we'll describe what you believe, what you should see as the desired results or the outcome when you apply those solutions. And once you're able to do that, that gives you a blueprint for how you're able to actually solve some of the pressing problems in your organization. So now that I've told you how we do this, let's get started. Today's episode, moving from us to we, building a community of collaboration. So let's set the stage with the problem. Imagine your company has been tasked with solving a very high profile, high impact problem that threatens profits, market share position, and public perception. In order to tackle the issue, the COO has pulled together a task force of experts from different departments or divisions to work as a team. Now, the team members have been selected based on their areas of expertise, their professional experience, and their level of organizational influence. And even though the team is all focused on solving the problem, as individuals, they can't be more different. You have a mixture of different cultures, of races, gender, political affiliations, leadership style, problem-solving approaches, learning styles, communication styles, you name it, it's mixed in there. You have been named the team lead on this project. So how do you bring this diverse team together in order to build consensus, create a culture of trust, collaboration, and build cooperation? Oh, and by the way, solve the problem in order to get the outcome. Now, the pressing issues, the problems, one, you have a a mixed group of people who are not all from the same department or divisions. Two, even though they're from the same company, they may not actually have a solid understanding of company culture. So you may or may not have that foundation to build on. Three, if you're you're pulling in people that are used to being leaders or that are tops in their particular area, or even if they're subject matter experts in their particular area, Sometimes you run into an issue where you want to have a little bit more people who are interested in leading a process instead of participating in a process. So what are you supposed to do? In this whole 
day and age that we're in where diversity and inclusion is a, is a new hot topic. Um, it's one that's been around for years, but it's one that people are paying more attention to. You have to understand that there's a difference between representation, diversity in terms of checking off the boxes, and inclusion, which is active participation. When you're working with, an or with a group like this and you want to move them from us to we, you have to take into account not only diversity and inclusion issues, you also have to take into account personal issues, backgrounds, and so on. So what I want you to think about and I want you to, to recognize is that fundamentally, we're all individuals who have a need to belong. We want to belong to, to, to something, to some group, to some cause, to some purpose. That's the way we're wired. No man is an island. And people who spend a lot of time in isolation are usually ones that don't end up going very far or go only to a certain level. So understanding that as individuals, we want to belong, think about your first team meeting. If you'll, if you'll observe, more than likely, when people walk into the room, they do a couple of things. One, they scan the room to see who they know that they can immediately gravitate towards. Or they scan the room and they choose out, they, they pick out people who look like them or who are familiar to them in some way. The men will sit with the men, the women will sit with the women, people of different races will sit with different races, people of different cultures will, will sit with different cultures because in uncomfortable or new situations, we all gravitate towards what is familiar. That is the us. That is the, uh, the, the, the background information of, of where we come from, of who we are, of where we grew up, all of those things that we'll, we'll discuss a little bit later that make up the us. We all want to be around people that we're familiar with, that we're comfortable with, especially in new situations. Now, I know you might be saying, well, they all work for the same company. So they all have a, a, a foundational point of all working for the same company. But I just said they came from different departments. They came from different uh, teams. They came from different divisions. So they may not have even met each other or interactive, interacted. And once again, if you are not sure about the company culture, where everyone understands that foundational point of us, you know, we're all in this together, or you don't have a, co a company culture that is one where it doesn't matter what department you're in, everyone understands that they're all a part of a collective. Now you have to create that with the situation. So the key is to celebrate the individuals while inviting them to join the collective group. Most of the time when you are working in teams and when you have a problem that, that needs to be solved, the first thing that most team leaders do is they focus on the problem. You know what? We introduced each other. We said what our backgrounds are, area of specialty. We gave the professional thing. You might even do an icebreaker or two to get people to laugh and feel more at ease. But unless you address the fact that you have to get to know who these people are individually and then create a collective we, you're always going to run into the us versus them. You're always going to run into the short, the, the small cliques, the, the small groups that will form within the whole. So your job as team leader is to reaffirm their contributions, their gifts, their talents, their abilities that make them a valued member of the group. You want to encourage them to show up as their whole selves. So the way that you discuss 
what you do, the way you organize your team sessions, the way you organize your work sessions, the way you talk about uh, the problem and the possible solutions, you have to invite ways for people to get to know each other and to connect. Now, you may not be able to do team building exercises where you have them all go out, you know, into the wilderness and, and climb a rope, uh, you know, do, do a rope maze or, you know, the exercise where you uh, cross your arms and fall back into the arms of your teammates. You don't, you don't always have that kind of time and you don't always have that kind of, of, of environment to be able to do that. So instead, you have to facilitate that process yourself. You have to figure out a way to start getting people to think collectively, not as an us versus them, but as a collective we. So celebrating the individual, helping them to see who each other is and, and build new ways of connecting and helping them to understand who each other is aside from and apart from their gender or their race or their culture or their political affiliation. You have to start putting them in situations where they're communicating and they are starting to talk about the problem, talk about the solution, talk about other things related to you know, how they operate and being able to verbalize who they are and how they operate and how they approach the problem. So acknowledge the differences as strengths encourage transparency and open communication, you're going to have to facilitate that process. You're going to have to create an open dialogue because the one clear thing that always breaks down the barrier of us versus them and moves it into a we collective is when you have open communication and you foster understanding. And so I've been talking about we and us and them, and I know you're, you're trying to figure out, well, you know, what exactly is the difference between us and we? Well, when you emphasize the we, it's inclusive versus us, which is exclusive. You know, us is a grouping construct. It's created naturally based on similarities. Like I said, where you grew up, what you look like, what culture you follow. It's that thing that separates you from others so that you can feel a part of a group. Now, we is inclusive, it's an inclusive action. It's based on forming connections. It's based on, on collaborating. It's based on looking at someone else and saying, you know, hey, I get you. Or, you know what, we're thinking the same way. It goes beyond the external and now you start to get into the internal. And so to create the we, you have to shift their thinking from being exclusive, us where we belong versus them that are outsiders to being more welcoming, more inclusive, the we as a community, where we're all in this together. Now, given the scenario that I outlined earlier, some of you may be able to build that naturally because of the situation that, hey, if we don't solve this problem, we're all gonna get it. Um, or, you know, we're all in this together because we're the ones where the buck stops here. However, you need to form that dynamic. It needs to be something that is built on being able to change some roles, give people, you know, different opportunities to operate outside of their sense of, of us or them, you know, operating in a way that encourages people to be transparent, that encourages them to start to rely on others for input. And the way that you're going to be able to do this, where you can create new ways of highlighting similarities and shared interests and skills and, and working across differences is 
you have to start by creating a collective or a shared vision where everyone participates in that process. You can't have a shared vision that is mandated. External visions are mandates. Internal visions are motivators. I'll say that again. External visions are mandates, but internal visions are motivators. Well, what do I mean by that? External visions are handed down from someone else. You didn't have an opportunity to have input into that. You didn't have an opportunity to shape what it would look like. Somebody else told you, this is what you're going to do. This is what the outcome is going to look like. This is what success looks like. This is how we're going to measure it. You have no input. You have no skin in the game. You don't feel as if you own this process. And when you are moving from an us to a we, a we owns the process. The we owns the activities, the actions, the steps, the whole collective. And so to create the inclusive we, the individuals need to form a new reason to bond and to connect outside of the the common bonds that people normally fall into with groups. So you have to create as the leader an opportunity for them to see a way that they can now form a new community. Now, I'm not saying that they get rid of their other community bonds. I'm not saying that, you know, they put aside all of their cultural, you know, differences and and nuances and things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you're creating a new opportunity for them to create a new community around a shared vision and a shared understanding of what it is that they're about to do. If I input, if I have input and I have a voice as to what it is that we're doing and how we're going to achieve it and what that success ultimately looks like, then I'm going to be more accountable. I'm going to buy into the process as opposed to it being something that someone told you to do. Nobody likes being told what to do. And yes, to some degree, we are all told what to do when it comes to solving a particular problem. But give them some some ownership. Allow them to have a dialogue. Allow them to bring their backgrounds into play and their experiences into play and their areas of expertise into play. You need to give them that opportunity to form a new bond and connect. A shared vision that they create leads to trust. It leads to collective effort. If you make sure that the gifts and the talents and the abilities of each team member are connected to the vision and to the outcome and just not to a specific group or you know, category that they belong to and that those gifts and talents and abilities and contributions will play a direct role in solving the problem and achieving the outcome in, in creating the vision and making the vision come to life that that you guys are going to collectively decide upon, then you're moving into a, a community of collaboration. You're moving from an us versus them or someone that's saying, hey, they are telling us what to do to a we're in this as a team. We came up with this approach. We came up with this solution. We came up with this vision of what success looks like. So therefore, we're going to do what we need to do in order to make this happen. So you have to move away from the language of us versus them. You have to move away from the divisiveness. You have to move away from things that are going to make people fall back on their automatic tendencies to separate and instead 
create something new that they're going to rally around, create something new that they're going to be actively participating in, create something new that they are going to be accountable to, create something new where they feel ownership of it and that they are committed to seeing it happen, to seeing it through. Allow them to become an active part of the process of creating something new, creating the solution, describing the outcome, identifying what are the aspects of the problems that they want to tackle, enabling them and empowering them to think outside the box and to bring their whole selves, their experiences, their backgrounds, their, their nuances, their personalities, their way of thinking about things, bring their whole selves into the equation, not just the professional part that they show at work. Because if you want to move from an us to a we, you have to take the whole person. You can't leave out parts of it because we as human beings, we're visual and we are naturally going to gravitate towards what makes us comfortable and what helps us to feel included. And if you're not focusing as a team leader on creating a culture of community and cooperation and collaboration and inclusion by giving people a voice and having them actively participate in the process and celebrating who they are, you're going to cultivate a, a, a community and a, um, and a culture of divisiveness. So above all, use the language of we. You know, talk about the team effort. Talk about what we as a team have decided, what we as a team are going to be doing, what we as a team have, have, have undertaken, what we as a team, how we are going to be accountable to each other how we're going to show up during the process, how we are going to evaluate our progress uh, and, and assess our process, how we are going to bring resources to the table, how we are committed to the success, how we are all in this together. Because until you start using the language of we, and still you, until you start opening up and allowing people to participate actively and contribute fully, you're always gonna have an us versus them instead of moving from us to we. You know, praise the group effort, highlight the individual aspects and the characteristics and the strengths and the contributions of your team while at the same time linking it to the overall team effort. Encourage collaboration, foster understanding, have open dialogue, empower your people to have a voice. Empower them to take the take ownership. Empower them to hold each other accountable. And empower them to feel as if they are safe and that they are part of something that is bigger than themselves and bigger than the us group that they naturally belong to. Because I can guarantee you, when you start looking at the dynamics between an us culture versus a we culture, you see that the, uh, the us culture holds on to the status quo. The we culture embraces the new. The we culture will ensure that even though you're listed as team leader, everyone on the team leads. Everyone on the team takes ownership. Everyone on the team is accountable. The more you support and, and, and encourage by not doing the opposite and us culture, what you're doing is you're setting your teams up for failure. 
yeah, you might solve the problem. Yeah, you might come up with a solution, but the process that you're going through is gonna be a lot more difficult. Your solutions may not be as sustainable. Your teams may not hold up under the pressure. And depending on how big this problem is and in and, and the, the level setting problem that I, that I described at the beginning of the, of the broadcast, I talked about this being high profile, high stress. You know, this has outcomes that, that are far reaching. And, and one of the other reasons why you want to create a culture of we as opposed to a culture of us is because if these people that come together have influence, how are they going to influence the rest of the people in the organization? By developing and sharing more of a culture of we or perpetuating a culture of us versus them? Because I can guarantee you, and I know you know this is true, whenever the heat gets turned up and things start looking bleak, people start self-protecting unless there is a culture of we, unless they feel a part of the team, unless they feel a part of the organization, unless they feel valued and they feel accountable to each other, not because they're required to, but because they want to. When people feel like they belong and they feel collectively that they are valued and they feel collectively that they have a voice and they are able to contribute, they'll run through a wall for you because it's, we're all in this together. So in order to move from us to we, we have to build community. We have to build a community based on collaboration, based on communication, based on celebration of who we are, based on shared accountability, based on, on celebrating each other's gifts, talents, and abilities, on bringing our strengths to the table, but also recognizing the areas in which we're weak, but not operating from a deficit model where we highlight what's wrong with people. Instead, we acknowledge the weaknesses and we use the strengths to mitigate them. We look at the threats but we figure out ways of turning those threats into opportunities. When you have a culture of we, your organization is stronger. When you have a culture of we, your team is stronger. When you have a culture of we, your success is not only achievable, but it is sustainable. And you're able to replicate it across departments. You're able to replicate it across different divisions. You're able to spread that same culture, that same way of thinking to other areas of your organization. So after you have, you know, recognized the people individually for who they are and you've, you've recognized their strengths, after you have given them an opportunity to have a voice in shaping the vision and in, and in shaping the process, after you have allowed them the opportunity to be accountable to each other and to themselves, after you have allowed them to take ownership of the process, after you have modeled for them the correct language of we instead of us versus them, after you have created an environment where they feel safe and valued and supported, and after you have consistently used the language of we, where you've praised them and encouraged them and collaborated with them and, and fostered understanding. After you have done those things, now, fast forward. What does this team look like? 
you walk into the room during a team meeting and when people walk in, they greet each other. They're no longer sitting according to the women sitting together or certain cultures sitting together or certain races sitting together. They're talking to each other across the table. They're, they're genuinely connecting with each other. When it's time to work, everyone is collaborating. Everyone is participating. Everyone is communicating. Everyone is, is speaking up because everyone feels valued and equally important. When it comes to outlining what it is that you're going to do and what your vision looks like and the solution that you have outlined, each person has input. You go around and everybody wants to contribute. Everyone offers their opinion. Everyone may be critical or critiquing the process and, and honestly thinking about solving the problem and they're not taking it personally as an attack. Your meetings are more efficient. Your, your strategy sessions are more effective. You are moving forward because you have feedback and you're, you're moving forward more effectively and efficiently and proficiently because you're able to have an open dialogue and talk along the way. And you have people giving each other support and you have people talking about, you know, how they want to work on this in separate small groups and how they want to bring this back to other people in their team and how they want to bring other resources to bear and how they want to connect with other people to get their input. That's what your team looks like. And when you achieve your goal, when you have your success, your team is acknowledged. Everyone in your team is acknowledged and celebrated for their part in the process. Everyone on your team is celebrated for what they brought to the table. Everyone on your team receives the praise because it was a collective effort. It was a group effort. We did it together. So understanding that moving from us to we and building a community of collaboration is not an overnight thing. It's not something that happens just because you mandate it. It is not something that happens because you say, you know what, we're going to save time and we're going to put this together because we need to get this done. And one of the things that I have found in working with clients, the worst thing you can do is to shortchange the process. Yes, it does take time to build community. Yes, it does take time to go from us to we. Yes, it takes time to build consensus. It takes time to allow people the, the space and the opportunity to contribute equally. Yes, it takes time. And I know a lot of you say, well, my organization doesn't have that kind of time. We, we want to make sure our meetings are short. We want to make sure they're effective. We don't have that kind of time. But if you want to be effective, if you want to be successful, if you want to achieve outcomes, I guarantee you that the time that you spend ensuring that you have developed a culture of we built on collaboration is going to save you so much time in the future. Because if you start developing an overall organizational culture of we, then when you form individual teams, you don't have to worry about reinventing the wheel because this now becomes a foundational part of who you are as an organization. So everyone operates from that and they start with that because everyone knows we're in this together. We are the collective. We are the ones that matter. We 
are empowered, we have a voice. We can work together. We can get this done. We take responsibility. We are accountable. We are invested in this. We are committed to this. And we have succeeded. So it's not just about building that culture within a team, but imagine if that culture permeated throughout your organization. What could you achieve? What could you do? Think about the office politics. Think about the, the, the issues that are having, that happen with the, with the power struggles. Think about the ways where projects could be done a lot quicker, a lot more efficiently, with a lot more success. Think about how your people would want to come to work if it was a culture of we, of collaboration, cooperation, open communication, then a culture of us versus them. So thank you for joining us at Mindset to Mastery, where we provide guidance and best practices to assist you to change your mindset and master your success. Let us know your thoughts. How this episode has impacted you? And if you have a problem or a topic that you would like us to address, be sure to reach out to us. And look out for our new episodes every week on milehowradio.com, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. I'm your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the Cars Group, where we facilitate outcome through strategic consulting, team development, and applied learning. Until next time, make it a great one.